0: Hi everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and this is the Bengals Booth Podcast, the Sweet Nectar Edition, as we look back at the Bengals' first win in 49 days, a 30 16 victory over John Gruden's Oakland Raiders. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays from the win, locker room comments from key players, and Dave Lapham will join me for post game analysis. Plus, In this week's Fun Facts interview, you'll get to know a Ringo who was a star in his college days, Bengals defensive tackle Christian Ringo. All of that is straight ahead, but first, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean. It's the greatest invention since the mechanical pencil. I'm constantly updating stats and other information on the spotting boards that I make each week as part of my game prep, and it would be a total pain in the butt if I had to constantly sharpen my pencils. The mechanical pencil allows me to twist the tip to extend the lead as the point gets worn down. Plus, I can write very neatly in small print, a very handy instrument that dates back to the 18th century... The Mechanical Pencil. Now let's get to football. The most famous poem in the history of NFL films is called The Autumn Wind, written in nineteen seventy four to describe Al Davis's Oakland Raiders. Here's how that poem ended in my best John Facenda voice. The Autumn Wind is a radar, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down, and laugh when he's conquered and won. That described the Raiders from the mid-70s to the mid-80s when they won three Super Bowls in eight years, but not so much anymore. Oakland entered Sunday's game at Paul Brown Stadium with a 3-10 and record, and the Bengals were the team doing the pillaging. Derek Carr is ready for the shotgun snap catches retreats five steps hit from behind go. the ball go. comes out a scramble for the football after the sack sam. by sam hubbard yeah. and it is recovered by the bengals nice. at their own 49 yard line Way to go sam. sam hubbard with a blind side sack Derek carr never saw him coming and the bengals recover at their own 49 yard line that was the first of two sacks for hubbard and five for the bengals who held the Raiders to 297 yards, the second week in a row that Cincinnati held the opponent to fewer than 300. Here's Hubbard.
1: I think we weren't doing anything different. You know, we've been working so hard uh, throughout the season, you know, covering them on the back end and trying to get to the passer as uh, as the rushers. And I think today we kind of just played a complete game, covering up in the back end and allowing us to get home, uh, working, working our pass rush games and sticking to the game plan, everyone having
0: faith and staying together throughout. Hubbard's first career forced fumble was recovered by Carlos Dunlap, and the Bengals look to capitalize on the very next play. First and ten from the 49. Driscoll fakes to Mixon, drops back, guns it deep down the middle of the field. It is underthrown, and it's picked off at the five-yard line by Eric Harris, and he is down at the six. John Ross was behind the Raiders' secondary on that play, but Jeff Driscoll didn't put quite enough on the throw. Through the interception and uh, you know I just had to, had to tell myself that those things happen. Um, you know don't be gun-shy and, and keep playing within the offense and was able to come back and respond. He responded with three big throws to Tyler Boyd on the Bengals next drive. A seven-yard gain when the Bengals went for it on fourth and two. A 21-yard strike down to the six-yard line and a touchdown that gave Cincinnati the lead third down and goal from the seven as the Bengals try to score first shotgun snap quick slant caught by Boyd touchdown Bengals an emphatic spike by Tyler Boyd followed by some Chad Johnson like Irish dancing as the Bengals are on the scoreboard Boyd had four catches for 38 yards before missing the second half with a knee injury he's up to 76 receptions for 1,028 yards and seven touchdowns this season. I spoke to Tyler after the game about the three key catches he made on the Bengals' first scoring drive.
2: You know, I'm just willing to do anything I can, you know, to uh, continue to drive, you know, and to continue to allow Jeff to trust me in times like that, you know, when we gotta uh, go for it all. So, I mean, um, I'm
0: just going to continue to do my job and just, I'm going to be ready for next week. You weren't able to play in the second half. What can you tell us? Uh, I just banged up a little bit. You know, nothing, nothing, nothing too serious. Uh, nobody should worry about. But um, I think I should be ready to go next week for sure. Let's hope so. Boyd was the star in the Bengals' first scoring drive. The next one belonged to Joe Mixon. Second and two for the Bengals at their own thirty-three. They will give it to Mixon. He will run up the middle for the first down. Jukes a safety. Runs to the fifty. Down the far sideline to the Raiders' forty. The thirty. The twenty. He is shoved out of bounds by Nicholas Morrow at the twenty-yard line of Oakland. A 47-yard run for Joe Mixon, his longest of the season. That was the key play on a 90-yard touchdown drive. I-formation backfield. Driscoll takes the snap, gives it to Mixon, yeah, nice toward the goal line, waiting for a signal. Oh, None yet. It's, it is. There it is. There it it's is. a touchdown for Joe Mixon, and the Bengals score on fourth and goal from the one. Mixon finished with 27 carries for 129 yards after going for 111 on 26 lugs last week. You know, I'm just very happy
1: you know, that we're on this path. Um, you know, I'm just going to try to continue to keep... You know, plugging on the train, man. And you know, whatever happens at the end of the season, it happened, but you know, it feels great to go out there, um, put on the show for the fans and
0: come out with the win, man. It feels great. It was 14, nothing at that point, And two plays later, the Bengals defense got the ball back. Hands it off to Richard and he will pick up the first down as he lost Ball's the football. The Bengals appear to have it at yeah. the 34 yard yes. line. Yes. And they do, it's recovered. At the 34 by Darquez Denard. Richard had the first down but did not go down. Hardy Nickerson forced the fumble, his second forced fumble of the year. And Darquez Denard recovers at the Oakland 34. That led to a Randy Bullock field goal that made it 17-0 Cincinnati. The Raiders' first five drives went punt, fumble, punt, punt, fumble. I talked to linebacker Vinny Ray. We did a good job stopping the run, and that led to more 3rd and 7s, 3rd and 8s instead of 3rd and 1s, 3rd and 2s. And, um, you know,
2: yeah, it was was a great job. With the run game, um, I really credit uh, 22 and 27, our corners and 21. These guys are coming down and setting the edge
0: um, and doing a great job for us in the run game. Vinny, is there any part of you that kind of, says why hasn't the defense played like this all year a part of me think thought that you
2: know when i came in here i'm like man i wish we, uh you know we would have finished off some games uh you know here you know after the bye you know like i baltimore you know games like that but hey we are where we are right now um and the best thing we could do is just keep getting better as a team
0: the Raiders got on the scoreboard with 3.48 left in the half on Derek Carr's one-yard touchdown pass to tight end Lee Smith, but the Bengals immediately answered with a Randy Bullock field goal to lead 20-7 at the half. Oakland chipped away at that lead in the second half. The NFL's tallest kicker, six-foot-five-inch Daniel Carlson, drilled three field goals while Bullock added one. A Bengals lead that had been 17 points was down to seven when Carlson kicked off to Alex Erickson with about five minutes left in the game. He sprints to the 10, cuts toward the near sideline at the the 20, the 25, the 30. Jump cut past the kicker. He's into Oakland Raiders territory, sprinting down the near sideline. Eric Harris saves the touchdown. What a return for Alex Erickson. And thankfully, there is no laundry on the playing field. Exactly.
3: I was just celebrating and just praying that there's no flags. I didn't know if there was or wasn't, Um, but you know, I know I know how hard these guys are working for me to give me space, and um, so we got to live with a few of the flags because I know they're working their butts off to you know give me opportunities to get bigger turns. So I appreciate all their effort.
0: That 78-yard return by Erickson was his longest of the year and set up a score that gave the Bengals some breathing room. Bengals up by 7, four ten left, here's a toss sweep. Mixon with blockers in front, Go, he's with the 10, yeah. the 5, to Woo. the pylon, yeah. touchdown! Yeah. Bengals, as Joe Mixon sprints 15 yards for what could be a clinching touchdown.
1: Depending on the situation, I know it's going to be a time where I'm going to have to put the team on my back. You know, they're going to they're dial up the run, and it's up to me and the linemen to come out there and execute and deliver. Um, also with the tight ends and receivers, but, you know, when you get in a situation like that, man, I got to do whatever I can to know the situation, know the down and distance, and um, get them first downs or protect the football
0: at all costs. The game wasn't quite to the coffin nail stage until Geno Atkins provided a David car wreck. Shotgun snap, car in trouble, backed oh. again! Geno! Atkins! Single-handedly destroying the Oakland Raiders here in the fourth quarter. I'll tell you, a nice little swim move inside, and they had a back inside
3: trying to chip and help him. Richard had no chance. I mean, he just absolutely tooled Chaz Green. It was like, see you later, bro. And then the back to try to help pick him up, Richard, no way. Sack City.
0: Atkins finished with three sacks for the first time in his NFL career and is up to 10 this season. The third time that Geno has reached double digits. His career high is 12 and a half. More importantly, the five-game losing streak is over as the Bengals win their home finale 30-16. to 16. Here are Marvin Lewis, Joe Mixon, and Jeff Driscoll. They,
3: they needed this. Our football team needed today. They needed to go out and win today. They've been working hard. Our fans need it today. I
1: mean, it's a great feeling, of course. Um, like I said, it's been a while since... Uh, we've been able to bring a win here or you know win here you know i should say but you know it's it feels great man everybody got smiles on their faces and um you know just i'm just happy for them i'm happy for the coaches and happy for the fans you know most of all but um
3: it's, it's blessed it's definitely the sweet sweet nectar of victory um i mean it's awesome these guys uh have battled all year long and uh, you know we haven't had a win in a while and uh, being able to come out and with our last game at home this year and, um, and, and getting a win, it, it was huge, and it's just a testament to um, everybody in this building that uh, you know, even though things haven't gone great for us, um, we've, we've battled through and we found a way to get a big
0: win today. The Bengals could still finish eight and eight, but have been eliminated from playoff contention. The Steelers win over the Patriots, officially knocked them out. Now, time to bring in my broadcast partner Dave Lapham for post game analysis. And we start with one of the Bengals' best defensive performances of the year, highlighted by holding the Raiders to three for 14 on third down conversions, a season best 21%. I thought that was uh, the story of the game. Uh, there were many storylines in the game,
3: but three for 14 on third down has got to be the number one storyline. A uh, team comes in dead last in the league on third down. They've been dead last pretty much all year, allowing like 52, 52.7%, and then allow three for 14, and and Carr knows what he's doing. He's got a Pro Bowl tight end to get the football to. He's got competent running backs. The offensive line was beaten up, granted, and that was a big factor in the football game. You know, Jordy Nelson to throw to, to hold him to three for 14 on third down was big. I mean, hopefully that's a sign of things to come down the last couple of games here, and Holding to 16 points, you know. I remember even when we played back in the old days in the 70s, it was like one of the defensive goals, 17 points or less. In today's NFL, it's probably 20, maybe 24 points or less. Held them to 16, held them to below what the old standard used to be, which I think is is a pretty good deal. And um, 25 points or more is the is the barometer with Coach Lewis. They're 48-1-1 when they score 25 points or more. 6-0 this year, all their wins, they scored 25 points or more. So, obviously, that's a big barometer. They did that offensively, putting 30 on the board. (laughs) Considering all the weapons they didn't have, and then they lose Tyler Boyd for the second half of the football game, they knew they had to run it. Oakland knew they had to run it. Paul Gunther knew they had to run it, the defensive coordinator. And there were times where they struggled, but they made enough big plays. Joe's 47-yard run set up a touchdown. Joe had a 15-yard touchdown run to finalize a big return from Alex Erickson. So, when you look at it, it was complimentary football. Offense, defense, special teams, they all chipped in. They all chipped in with penalties and mistakes, but they all chipped in with big plays
0: as well, and that's how you win football games in this league. It was an extraordinary week for Gino Atkins. He and his wife Kristen had the Atkins Week of Giving. Every day they did something for families, more than 50 total they paid medical bills. They contributed to tuition. They fed the homeless. They had a party at Cincinnati Children's Hospital on Friday. And he had some good karma coming because he had three sacks in the game, dominated the fourth quarter. He's up to double digit sacks for the season.
3: God bless Gino for helping so many people, Gino and his wife. And God blessed him today with, with three sacks. I mean, you know, <laughs> good things happen to good people. And Gino a great example of it today. And the thing that impresses me about Gino, as we know, he's quiet as a church mouse. He's not doing anything for publicity. He, could, he, he shuns a camera, doesn't want a camera. None of this happened in front of cameras. None of this happened in front of microphones. Gino was doing it because Gino and his wife felt like they should do it. And that, that's a testament to them, a tribute to them. And, you know, the old saying goes, what kind of a person are you when nobody's watching? Gino and his wife showed that they're great people because, you know, not that many people were aware of what he did and what he did affected many families in a very positive way. You know, even the playing field for people that need help around the holiday season, it's good stuff
0: by the Atkins couple. Geno Atkins and Sam Hubbard were the stars on the defensive side of the ball. Hubbard had two sacks and a forced fumble on offense. Great day for Joe Mixon as he tops 100 rushing yards for the second consecutive week. 27 carries, 129 yards, and a pair of touchdowns. Much of the yardage coming on his longest run of the season, a 47-yarder.
3: Yeah, that was a thing of beauty. And he was mad on another one that he didn't bust it for 70 yards. He thought that he, you know, could make he had to make one move on, on a defensive player, and the guy made a good play. I mean, Joe's a load out there in space, and the guy made a good tackle. I mean, they're paid to play as well. But Sam Hubbard and Alex Erickson, I mean, you don't put a position on these guys because all Sam Hubbard plays is defensive end, defensive tackle, fullback, and short yardage and goal line, a bunch of special teams. Alex Erickson, wide receiver, outside slot. Uh, emergency running back, emergency quarterback, return guy, all special teams. These guys are football players, you know. And uh, when you look at it, some of the young guys that are stepping up and assuming leadership roles, by the way, not only the kind of people that they are, but it's, it's easier to be a leader when you play well and, and do it, you know, over and over and over again. And they're starting to get that way. And, I mean, you look at the second and third picks, Jesse Bates and Sam Hubbard. Jesse Bates leading the team in tackles amongst the – the best of rookies in terms of tackles, three interceptions to boot. Sam Hubbard now with six sacks on the year, and I'll tell you what, a second and third round pick, boy, pretty darn good. And they're assuming leadership positions, so some good things are happening amongst all the turmoil, all the bad, all the injury, you know, all the dark cloud. There is a silver
0: lining always, and these guys are two examples of that. For the second straight year, there's a lot of speculation that it could be Marvin Lewis's final home game as the Bengals' head coach. We'll see what his future holds at the end of the year. If it turns out to be his last home game, he walks off, chin held high, with a victory over the Oakland Raiders.
3: Yeah, and they've won a seven in a row now, home finales. Um, 11 out of 12 home finales. And, and Coach Lewis, I think, uh, ends up something like 14-4, and 15-4, something like that. No, what is it? So it's 12-4 with the 16 Correct. home finales, 12-4. and four. All good stuff. I mean, um, you know. Everybody wants to finish well, finish strong, leave a good taste in everybody's mouth, their last opportunity, you know, to to partake in the activity at the stadium. And they've done that pretty consistently here down the stretch. So obviously, you know, one in seven mark uh, for an eight game stretch losing five in a row before that, uh, you know, has everybody with with a bad taste, but.
0: This will wash a little bit of it out, we'll leaving now with a, with a big 30-16 victory over. That way it is. <laughs> it was career win number 131 for Marvin Lewis. He moves into a tie for 24th all-time with Hank Stram. Or I guess I should say that Marvin matriculates into a tie for 24th with Hank Stram. Up next, a road game against the 6-7-1 Cleveland Browns, who are 4-2 under interim coach Greg Williams. Now time for this week's Fun Facts segment where you get to know the person under the pads. In this case, it's a defensive tackle who was claimed off the Cowboys practice squad the day after Thanksgiving. Time for this week's edition of Fun Facts with Bengals defensive lineman Christian Ringo from Jackson, Mississippi, the state capital and the biggest city in Mississippi. Did you grow up in the city or in the country? City.
2: uh, It's funny you say that because Everybody in Mississippi, I'm considered a city boy, but outside of Mississippi, I'm considered country. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us a little bit about the the kinds
0: of things you're interested in as a kid.
2: Of course, football, you know, that was number one. Uh, I love other sports like baseball and basketball. You know, uh, I just liked the sports as a kid. I didn't didn't too much like school as much, but I went, you know, I was a good student, but
0: (laughs) I just love sports. We're visiting with Christian Ringo. Your dad played college football. What do you know about his career? Ever since I was a kid, all I heard was he was, a,
2: he was a heck of a football player growing up, you know. So I just wanted to be just like him, you know, as a child. If he played, if he was a fireman, I probably wanted to be a fireman, sure. you know what I'm saying? But just uh, him being that dominant move for me playing football today, it's, it's big, man. He,
0: he played a big part of that. I read somewhere that you got your start throwing a mattress down on the floor with your brother and practice tackling on that mattress. Is that the case? Yes, sir. Yes,
2: sir. And we were not just doing it like we know. We had we liked it was kids. We liked to dress up. So he had old, old football outfits. You know, we used to put on his compression shorts. You know, <laughs> take the uh, little tissue, us put them in shoulder pads. Man, we was our, uh, our creativity was was amazing as kids, man. But we just me and my older brother, we just loved the game, man. We loved it.
0: we visiting with Christian Ringo. You went to Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, and set the single-season record there for sacks. What were some of the highlights of your college experience both on and off the field?
2: I definitely have to say my last play as a Raging Cajun, you know, uh, I was able it was in New Orleans Ball. I was able to get the sack. You know, that was definitely my highlight, you know, because uh, the guy that had the, the record, he's, he was a security guard for the uh, UL still to this day. Mm-hmm. So he was on the sideline with us, you know. It gave him a big hug. It was an amazing feeling. But off the field, I have to probably say go back to May 2nd, 2015 when my name was called in the 6th round to the Green Bay Packers, that's, that was a special moment for me because not knowing that I was going to even, you know, uh, I know I was going to get a chance, but not knowing that my name was going to get called, you know, because uh, my family gathered, because if you can recall, it was the Mayweather and Pacquiao fight, so we was really there for the fight, slash draft party, if I would have got drafted, but since I got drafted, it was a slash draft party, it's, it was a good day. Pretty emotional. No, it's crazy. I was the only one that wasn't emotional. I was like, okay, what's next? I always sit and do what I tell people, they like they ask me questions, how you feel about this and that. Like, it ain't hit me yet. Maybe 10 years when I'm done on the couch with my kids, i probably bust out crying. And they'll be like, what's wrong with you, Dad? <laughs> I just sit back re reminisce. But I never had time to just sit and reminisce about what, what occurred. So.
0: We're doing Fun Facts with Christian Ringo. I noticed in your college career you wore the number nine, which is unusual for a defensive lineman. How did you wind up with a single-digit number?
2: Oh, man, that trend, I forgot. It was a That trend was started. I forgot when it was started, but I seen a D tackle, a defensive end from Florida, he was number six. I forgot his name. It made me feel special. I wasn't the only one that had it to my roommate, Justin Hamilton. He had six, and I had uh, nine. So, man, it was... It was, a, it was a good year for us, that year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as you mentioned, you were drafted by the Green Bay Packers and spent some time playing in Green Bay. What was it ex- l- like for you to play at Lambeau Field and be part of that historic franchise? I don't think I, could, I was able to enjoy
2: it as much as I should have because I was too focused on development. Mm-hmm. I was just trying my best to just work day in and day out to become a better player, man.
0: In one of your off seasons with the Green Bay Packers, you're at a water park in Houston. You saved a guy's life, and he turned out to be a Packers fan. You have to tell the story. Oh, man. So, uh,
2: we was at the, ward. We was at the uh, wavy pools. I don't know if you noticed, but like, as the waves, when they turn the wave on, they make it like ocean light, you know, so it's not like normal when they turn it off. So, everybody in had a, uh, a vest on, a life vest. And this one guy, he didn't have a life vest on. He was walking toward the deep end. So, uh, I guess they turned the waves on. So, it kind of caught him off guard. So, as he was walking, the first time the water went over his head, and I was like, maybe he just enjoying the water because I heard the Ooh. sound like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, okay, maybe he just enjoying the water. <laughs> then when you know it bounced back, then when it came again, he just like he was struggling. So I like, so I grabbed his arm, just went five yards back this way to the shadow end. I didn't think nothing of it. I just you know let him go. Soon he catches feet. He caught his feet. He pump up. <sighs> <sighs> oh, you saved my life! You saved my life! Thank God! Thank you! Thank you! Thank you! Thank you! I'm like. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, so it's crazy on our way leaving the park. I see the same guy. He was walking out. He had a green ba- he had at first he didn't have a shirt on in the pool But when he had put his clothes back on he had a green Bay shirt on I'm like, man, that's crazy <laughs> Like this gotta be like I gotta say something to him cuz you know, he was a Packer fan at the time You know, we took pictures. I posted it, I'm excited and you know uh, I was able to get uh, some exposure by NFL Network to talk about it. So it was it was a neat story though
0: Last year at the end of a training camp, the Packers waved you. They were going to put you on the practice squad. but The Bengals jumped in and grabbed you, had the opportunity to bring you over here. But then they had a roster situation where they had to make another move, and they let you go after a week. Did you have time here to get to know anybody, to, to learn your way around anything? Uh, not really.
2: I know I've know, I, I seen some face, some familiar faces now that I'm back. You know, I had a chance to say what up to them, but not really just get a chance to know them. You know, it's, I don't even think it was a full week. It was like four days because we had a short week because we had a Thursday game that next. Remember yeah. last year we had a Me Thursday. Too, yeah. Yep, we had a Thursday short week, so it was a
0: quick turnaround. You had a camp for kids last summer back home in Jackson. And you dubbed it as teaching football skills and leadership skills. Why was that important to you?
2: When I reminisce and growing up, I didn't—I don't think I didn't remember seeing too many professional athletes, you know, giving camps and stuff like that. I remember Deuce McAllister would do his thing, but you know, it's a big state. So I told myself the first thing I do once I get established, you know, I would want to give back and show these kids what it's all about, you know just for it's just like, I'm from where you from. I said in the same classroom as you, you could do the same exact thing, if not better. And I had to be real with him. Like, I told him, I'd be a bold-faced life. If I looked y'all all in y'all eyes and told y'all, all oh, y'all going to the NFL, because it's not happening. You know, but whatever your passion is, you know, so I can show you the steps, the dedication
0: it takes, you know, to make it come true. That's awesome. A few more questions for Kristen Ringo. Do you have any skill that most people don't know about?
2: Yeah, I can say I got a skill that most people, my Raging Cajun fans know about it. You know, they know I'm a little locker room dancer, you know. (laughs) I can, you know, cut the rug a little bit. (laughs) Big man's got some
0: sweet feet? (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) All right, we'll have to double check with your family to see if that's accurate or not. It's the Christmas season. Do you have an all-time favorite Christmas present from when you were a kid?
2: Definitely easy, I have to say. One year, my pops gave us, we had an Xbox 360 and a PS3. I think it's a three, yeah, PS3, the same year. But he had both, got both of them from for the pawn wow. shop. But we, he said, you can either get a brand new one of them or you can get two. Smart. Me and my brother looked at each other, you got the Xbox, and I got the PS4. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he got us games and stuff. So by far, that had to be one of the best. Appreciate your time.
0: You're off the hot seat. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. Thank you. And that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. If you haven't done so already, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean. And give it a rating or leave a comment. Your feedback has been awesome, and five-star ratings help more Bengals fans find this podcast. I'm Dan Horde. Happy holidays, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.